Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who sip a beer faster than Aaron Rodgers chugs one. Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast game preview. This is episode 364. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is the effervescent, glorious, gorgeous, the king of the airwaves of Detroit, Tony T.O. Ortiz. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. I don't know about the king of the airwaves, but thank you very much for the compliment. It's like king of the road. I want to write a song, king of the airwaves, and I'll sing it to you next week, I promise. (laughs) Thank you. I might even sing it if you send it to me. How's that? That sounds awesome. Uh, Let's see. We've got a lot to talk about. We don't want to talk about last week too much, do we? Tio? No, we just kind of no. want to fire and forget. <laughs> All right, we're gonna yeah, do a lot. pretty much <laughs> Lions Vikings preview. Talk a little bit about St. Jude Christmas for the kids. We got that going on as well. Got a fun video to show for you. We got an injury report, some game predictions, and a whole lot more. We got a great show as always lined up. Tio, are you ready to go, my man? To quote Riz, "Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down." All right. That's my tribute to Riz, by the way. I miss him. So he, he, we were just talking about you on the on the last show. He misses you desperately as well. We, we talked about the, especially with the news of Miller's closing. We talked yeah. about we should get the three of us together here this fall one time. Maybe get out there and uh, do a a final burger salute before Dan buys it. That thing, <laughs> those burgers. If you've never been to Miller's, those burgers are just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dan, don't you think Dan should buy it? I mean, he wouldn't have to change his name. Oh, and then... <laughs> Dan Miller's? Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be awesome if Dan Miller bought Miller's Bar. Just, just putting that out for you, Dan. In oh. fact, if he buys it, if he buys it, we should get burgers for life for bringing him the idea of buying Miller's Bars. Yeah, we spent Miller's $4 million your dollars, Dan. Come on. There you go. <laughs> Drop in the bucket for Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saddled you with a, a restaurant and business. Yeah, what could go wrong here? All right. Let's get into the Lions meta. Lions at the Vikings this week at Bank Stadium. Um <laughs> I think that's what it's called. I, I, I yeah, I think so phonetically too. Yeah, just kind of sounded out. You spanks at the <laughs> All right, uh, the teams have met 119 times. This is a tough one. It's not as nearly as many times as the Bears and the Packers. No, but the Vikings lead the series 78 to 39 and two ties. That's like double. Yeah, it is. And you know why the Vikings were able to to lead the series like they did? Because Chris, growing up in the 70s, here in Detroit. Every time the Vikings and Lions would get together, it's like just put an L right next to it because the Lions never beat the Vikings. They were 4-18, and 18, if I'm not mistaken, in that 10-year stretch from 1970 to 1980. And I hated the Vikings for that yeah. because the Vikings were so good. Fran Tarkington and Chuck Foreman. Uh, you know, let me see. Mick Tinglehoff was the center, if I'm not mistaken. You had guys like Carl Eller and Alan Page. They just ran roughshod over the Lions. And it's like every time the Lions would be on a roll, they'd win a couple of games in a row. Oh, it's Minnesota. Oh, crap. It's not going to be good. And they get blown out. And look, I know they call Minnesota, or Green Bay the frozen tundra, Lambeau Field. 
the real frozen tundra, Chris, was Metropolitan Stadium because that place, every time the Lions would play a game there in December and they'd show it on television, it looked like that field was rock hard. Mm. I know we'll talk about the frozen tundra of the Metrodome as well uh, in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't let Never you. Never going to live that, that one down. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, but you don't even have to go back to the 70s. They they did eat. They ate a lot uh, of Lions <laughs> tail back then but the lions have lost the last seven and if you want to try to count 10 lions wins the last 10 you go all the way back to 2007 and to get to 20 you have to go to 1991 30 years to get 20 wins and that's that's 30 years that's 60 games so it's a 33 percent that's terrible last tie was in 1967 on november 12th Mm-hmm. First time they played was 1961. The Lions won 37 to 10. We can we, we can put that in our pipe and smoke it at least. Um, <laughs> the total points scored by the Vikings in the series 2,616. The Lions have 2,209 with an average gap of 3.4 points per game. So it, I mean there have been some blowouts, but the series has. I mean even though they've won, it feels like it's closer when you put it like that, right? <laughs> it does feel like it's closer lately. But again, I go back to growing up as a kid. The Vikings meant loss it's yeah. just that simple you saw that purple it's like well the lions have lost oh god i hate that yeah at my and the, it's funny because i don't i i, I despise the packers right and it's probably mm-hmm. just because of their success and that smug look on aaron Rodgers' face all the time i don't know why it just always <laughs> just grinds my gears the vikings never they never hurt me in my fandom right i just don't know why that like i don't dislike them except there's one guy i know that was the most obnoxious fan of any team i've ever met and he 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 is forever burned in my brain doing his stupid vikings dance and chant and like this this whole dumb over the top super fan thing and i was just like no no i don't like the vikings i don't like him i don't like the vikings that's it that's it it just sealed it for me it's weird how one experience can do something like that (laughs) i feel better about the vikings now having done games where i've got to meet paul allen who's the play-by-play guy and greg coleman who's Mm -hmm. our sideline reporter i feel a lot better about the vikings because those two guys are hilarious greg coleman in fact is a friend and i just love dealing with those guys but they made me feel better about the vikings as opposed to the way i felt growing up which is god i hate those horns yeah, and I mean, you think about it. You mentioned Tinglehoff. It's like sounds like it's something from Lovers Lane that they used on us back in the seventies. <laughs> we should get them as a sponsor. Actually. All right, let's go <laughs> really quick. Um, talk about some stories. I want to. My favorite story is about the, the wind report in the Metrodome, but I, I won't go there just yet. I'll let you do, Thank do you. that, Tony. Um, I want to tell a story. I've, I've, I relayed this a little bit recently, but I have a little bit more detail on it. The worst game I ever went to was not at the Metrodome. It was Lions versus Vikings. It was at the Silverdome. Okay. And it was on October 6th, 1991. I went and I got the details of this game because I want to make sure I relayed it right. Me and my okay. friends went, me and three other buddies, a bunch of you know dumb guys, really like you know dumb guy age doing dumb guy things. And so we go to the, the Lions game and uh, 1991, you know, it's a crisp, I remember crisp fall day in October. It's beautiful, right? It's like, it's like right now, right? It's, 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 Two days difference in the year. So it's it's just kind of like it is today out there. Okay. And uh, so we go to the game. We get settled in. And um, seven points for the Vikings the first quarter. Boom, right off the top. It's like, ah, gosh. Uh, another Rich Gannon touchdown second quarter. So it's 14 nothing, right? <laughs> Lions, okay, we get, a, we get a field goal. Eddie Murray, he's a, he's always, you know, the GOAT. He's, he's clutch. That's good. Yep. Third quarter, they get another three. 
fourth quarter they get a number another three. At this point, it's twenty to three, uh, Vikings. There's six minutes, five minutes left of the game, maybe. Right? There's no way the Lions are coming back. There's no way. So me and my buddies get up and we're like, we're just gonna beat the traffic. I think I see where this is going. Go <laughs> yeah. ahead. So we start walking. Tick, 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 tick. We get to just by the exit. And we hear the crowd go nuts, right? The Lions, mm-hmm. the Lions scored, scored a touchdown. It's like, oh, wow, 20 to 7, but it's like four minutes left or three and a half, something like that. We're like, There's no way. There's just no way. It's not going to happen. Okay. So we go out the door. We go walking, and we get into the parking lot, and all of a sudden we hear the dome erupt again. And you know how the dome <laughs> was. You could hear it outside just loud. Oh, yes, yeah, it was great. Yeah. But you, there was no cell phones then, right? There was nothing. We didn't. So we're just like. What's going on, right? So we, we kind of, we know you can't re-enter. No re-entry, right? So Correct. we start skipping oh, our way to the car, right? Just as we get to the car, we're, yeah, the crowd, the, 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 the dome erupt again. We're like, what in the heck is going on? So the first eruption we heard was an interception or a fumble recovery. The second mm-hmm. one, just as we got to the car, we pop it on, and um, it was the second touchdown that they scored in the third mm-hmm. quarter. So now it's 20 to 14, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or 20 to 17, and uh, it's like, what in the world? So we got, you know, Mark Champion on the, on the, yep. the radio, right? And we're Mark listening Champion to this. Jim Brandstatter at that time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're listening to the game. Some, some guy named Tony Ortiz was doing the producing at that time, too. <laughs> listening, we're listening, and they scored, and they won the game. Another touchdown, 24 to 20 in the end. It was literally heartbreaking. The, worst, the most heartbreaking win the Lions have ever had for me. I got home. And Go ahead. What did you learn from this, Chris? What I, did you learn? I got home and my, it was my wife that taught me. I was like, I was just like still in shock. She said, you, she was, wasn't even my wife then. She's the girl I was dating. You stupid idiot. You never leave a game early. <laughs> the wife is smart. <laughs> and she became my wife. Thanks to her. There you advice. go. Yep. So, uh, yeah, huge comeback. It was, at the time, the largest comeback in the NFL history at that time, and I missed it. I had tickets, I was there, and I still missed all, all the best part of the game. So that's my favorite, unfavorite Lions-Viking uh, story. How about you? Um, besides, do you want to tell the win story? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell the win story. <laughs> and, again, to this day, when I see Dan Miller or Jim Brandstatter or anybody with the crew, Al Rosenberg, the producer, uh, Mike Brett is a statistician, Joe Abramson, the spotter. They always bring this up. It was a cold day in the Metrodome. It's cold in Minneapolis. It had to be November. And you could tell when they opened up the doors to, you know, when people were coming in or they opened up the big door because this gust of wind would come in and it just got colder inside the dome. And so I made the mention at the start of the broadcast because they usually went down to me at the start of the broadcast you know, for anything on the field or anything like that. I said, look, and there's a wind chill right now here in the Metrodome. Well, what did I say that for? Because <laughs> at that point, I guess Dan and Jim looked at each other and said, we're indoors in a building and he's talking about a wind chill. <laughs> this was the subject for the entire game. They would call a few plays. I thought, okay, after an hour, this is going to die down. No, not really, because I kept hearing about it during the broadcast and I they throw it down to me for a hit on the sidelines and Jim Hey, Tony, how's the wind down there? (laughs) And it's like, okay, great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So this has never died. And to this day, whenever I see Dan or Jim or anybody connected with the Lions crew, I hear the exact same thing. Hey, how's the wind at the Metro? (laughs) Believe me, 
I cheered when they tore down the Metrodome. When that thing imploded, I was right there. Hey, good job, guys. I hated that building with a passion. Oh, man. All right. How about some other memories? I know you spent so much time in the sidelines down there with the, with the before it became U.S. Bank or U.S. Bank Stadium. Sorry, I almost said it wrong. <laughs> 2008, the year of the winless Lions. Ooh. That in Minneapolis, I remember that was the one game that the Lions came the closest to winning. Mm-hmm. And yes, everybody's going to remember that that's the game where Dan Orlovsky stepped out of the end zone. That was the safety game. I got it. I understand. But with about two minutes to go in that game, there was a horrible, and I mean horrible, pass interference call against Lee Bodden that put the Vikings in position ultimately to kick the game-winning field goal, and they ended up winning 12-10. to 10. That's what I remember about that game. Not Orlovsky stepping out of the end zone but that horrible pass interference call by Lee on Lee Bodden that allowed the Vikings to move into scoring range. And without that call, if that call isn't made, and to this day I maintain that was a bad call, that call doesn't get made, the Lions win that game 10-9, and we're not talking about the 2008 season where they go 0-16. Well, and just really quick on Dan Orlowski, did you know he got his broadcasting start on this podcast? No, he started. He he actually co-hosted. Case was it was over the the winter after between um, Christmas and um, New Year, and Case mm-hmm. couldn't do a show. And we were talking to Dan. He was a guest on. I was like, Hey, Dan, you want to co-host a show? He's like, Sure. And he it was the first <laughs> first media he did. And he co-hosted the podcast. He's I I don't have it here. He screamed Guam at the top of his lungs when he used to do a Guam <laughs> thing. I mean, he was he was he did the no pants on thing. He was. Fully on board for the whole show. It was he was absolutely fabulous, and and now look at him. He's forgotten all about us. That's a you know what is funny. Dan Orlovsky and Nate Burleson, two guys that I would talk to in the locker room, and you just had a feeling those guys, if they got the chance to do any kind of broadcasting, would be outstanding. And the fact that Orlovsky is as successful as he is, the fact that Nate Burleson's as successful as he is, I think it speaks volumes about the character of those guys. And yeah, believe me, I watch them as often as I can, and I root for them every step of the way. So those yeah. are two guys, and those are two guys who Chris. I, I loved covering when they were with the Lions. Yeah, yeah, good cats, good cats, good cats. All right, we're well, moving on. We'll get towards the uh, the game. We'll talk about the uh, the preview here, but first we want to talk about St. Jude. St. Yes. Jude, we just kicked it off the first of the month. We've got some stuff going on, and I want to show you a video. YouTube really hosed us on our Wednesday show, and they, they actually, our video froze at 14 minutes, and we mm-hmm. went like an hour and 40 minutes. Everything else in the video is gone. The audio is good. You can download the audio podcast. But we had video. We had all kinds of different stuff going on and, and some things that we played. And everybody missed it because it was literally a failure on YouTube. And if you've ever tried to contact Google technical support, <laughs> good luck. Uh, so supposedly by Saturday, they're supposed to have it fixed. But I showed a video. Okay. I want to show it to you because this is – we started Jamie's Pies. We talked about it. if you go to stjude.org slash DLP, you can donate – and if you use the hashtag Jamie's Pies, for every $100 we raise in October, Jamie is going to take a pie in the face. And uh, he's 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 was try- supposed to get some things ready, and he was talking about it, and uh, he was just giving us an update. So let me find Jamie's Pies here, and we will get him. And uh, here, check this out. Hey, guys. It's Jamie from the Slack, Double J. I am just doing a check-in right now to kind of give you a heads up where we're at with pies. Uh, right now, we're just going to set it up where we do a challenge. So I'm going to challenge Case to do a donation and a pie, and I'm going to choose Flounder for a pie and a donation. <laughs> so just to- Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> so not expected. <laughs> Somebody give me a towel. <laughs> That's three. So Jamie's got 11 more to do. <laughs> that was his son, I'm going to assume, who hit him with the pie, correct? Yeah, all three of his kids came out. Uh, they were kind listen, of trying to prep it. He was doing an update, and they came at him. <laughs> they they had some aggression built. I was like, okay, we're going to get Dad back. We're going to get him good. That was awesome. Jamie, congratulations. <laughs> Great job, Jamie. So he is uh, He's in Montana. He's got... Uh, uh, 11 more to do he's got yep. nieces nephews neighbors i don't know if, what Jay, kind of guy jamie is maybe he's not that great but they're lining up to nail him with eyes nice. <laughs> so um help us out stjude.org slash dlp your name shows up in lights on the screen if you say it your name will show up on the scroll underneath the, the little mark at the top and we're, we're trying to get to 25 grand this year we got 20 grand last year helping sick kids for christmas stjude.org slash DLP. Thank you all. And just really quick on the pie thing, mm-hmm. much like the uh, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, challenge some folks. Donate some money. Challenge them. Do your pie. Be creative, right? The Lions give you a, a number of ways that you could probably interweave into the story of how, mm-hmm. of how you get your pie. But challenge others. Get folks posted on social media. We'll put it on the show. We'll, we'll retweet on social media. We'll make sure it gets uh, visibility. But we want to get as many people involved as we can. You can do it. You can donate as little as a dollar and just have the fun with it, right? It's it's pretty fun, pretty funny, as you saw with Jamie. And yeah. a great way to help a great cause. All right. And Chris, you remember the movie Airplane? Oh, yeah. Okay. Jamie is the hysterical woman and you look back and there's this long line of people trying to, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. The nun with uh, the Jamie, stick, right? Yes. <laughs> nun Johnson. <laughs> Baseball bat. Yeah. Jamie, you have my respect for doing this. Believe me. Awesome. <laughs> but Great know stuff. that people are lined up to throw a pie in your face. And that is incredible. So uh, we had a brainstorming meeting on things that Risen I will do. I'll just tell everybody the beans are going to be back. The bean, the bean boozled, the terrible, like flavored, horrible beans. We'll have those to help raise money. It did get put out into the the ether that Riz, Uh-oh. if we hit twenty five grand, Riz should don a tutu on stream. He didn't say no. Now he, he he didn't. It wasn't a hard no. It, just think about it, folks. There might be a way to kind of bully him into this. <laughs> How badly do you want to raise $25,000? Riz in a tutu. Yes, we've got to do it. People, we got to do this. We've got to put Riz in a tutu. Just so he can't live it down. We got to put Riz in a tutu. Step one, convince him. Let's bully him into agreeing, and then it's our job to get to 25, get Riz in a tutu, and have a lot of fun. All right, moving on. The Diamond CBD Injury Report. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head on over there. They've got some new... It's 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 exactly like Delta Eight, but it's not covered by the Delta Eight laws. It's I keep saying it's like the pirates and the the anti pirates and the making the video games and the software. It's this back and forth constantly going. They legislate Delta Eight is now illegal. Well, they got something that works just like it, but it's legal in all fifty states. Uh, head on over. It is ready for you. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, and they have the regular CBD pain, anxiety, and insomnia help with all those things. And if you want the buzz kind, you can get that there too. As I said, head on over to com. Okay, we really need the CBD for this crew. The injuries are mm. off off the charts. I want to give you something. I didn't tell you this. I told you I had something that's going to shock you before the show, but I didn't tell you yes. what it was. We started nope. exploring this on Wednesday's show. 
uh, before YouTube froze it on us. And uh, <laughs> it's it's some it just stunned me. And the number is a little a little less than what we thought. We thought it was seventy percent, but more of our salary cap is sitting with people not playing than yeah. playing. It's about sixty percent. So the Detroit Lions right now are trying to basically field a team with 40% of the allotted salary. How do you beat another NFL team with your weapons, your ability to get weapons tied up so poorly? 50 million of that is gone because of um, the previous regime, dead cap, that kind of stuff. But a ton of it is wrapped up in injuries, and that's just so painful. Uh, Let's get into it. Lions side, who do we have out for us this week? Well, the big name is Frank Ragnow. He's not going to play. He's not going to play for a couple of weeks because of turf toe. So that now means three of the Lions starting five offensive linemen will not play in this or aren't could miss this game. Decker's out, obviously, but he's getting closer to returning. Um, We talked about Ragnow being out and now Penny Sewell is questionable. And if you believe some reports, he's doubtful to play. So there's a chance that the Lions could face a team like the Minnesota Vikings who love to get after the passer. Now, this wouldn't be a big problem, though, because they don't really have a defensive line to be worried about, a front seven to be worried about in Minnesota, right? It's a little bit of a worry, yes. (laughs) Ask Baker Mayfield if that's the worry, because they harassed the hell out of Baker Mayfield last week. And again, I, I... Listen, I've seen the Vikings get after Lions quarterbacks. There was one game Matthew Stafford looked like John Wayne at the end of every Western movie where he's basically walking easy and gently because the Vikings just harassed him and sacked him all day. And I think if you're the the Lions, the injuries along the offensive line are a concern. And if you're the Vikings, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the matchups, this is the one area where you are strongest on defense is your defensive line. Yep. And the fact that they can get after the passer, they can get after Jared Goff, maybe slow down your running game, I think that's a critical element in this game. And I think if you're the Vikings, you like seeing this injury report and you like seeing the fact that the Lions might be without three of their starting offensive linemen on Sunday. And, you know, we just talked about how many guys are out hurt. And Mm -hmm. I'm not putting this out there. I don't want to put the juju on anybody. But Jared Goff is really exposed right now. Yeah, he is. And that's a whole big that's the majority chunk of what's left of the players on the field of Southwest salary cap. I just hope and pray. This is this is not ideal. This is the worst case scenario. What we had was a top 5 defensive line when everyone's everyone's mm-hmm. health, healthy, maybe even top 3. And that was what we were relying on to keep Jared Goff clean, to be Correct. able to make to be good Jared Goff, Jared Goff that uh took a team to the Super Bowl. That has a lot of skill and ability. He just he gets a little, you know, he gets the happy feet. He gets nervous when when the mm-hmm. when the when the the rush closes in on him. This is this is a, a terrifying time. I mean, with three guys down against a uh, a defensive line as lethal as Minnesota's, this is a, a, probably a worst case scenario. I just hope th- it's only John Wayne walking gingerly <laughs> on the field at the end of the day. And listen, if there is a concern about quarterbacks. Just look at the butcher's bill the last week in the NFL. The number of quarterbacks that have gone down topped off by a guy in Russell Wilson who had 147 consecutive starts. And now the Seahawks could be looking at not having Wilson for about a month to two months because of a busted tendon in his throwing finger or a busted tendon in the middle finger on his throwing hand. So, yeah, quarterbacks are fragile. And this is not the time to see three-fifths of your starting offensive line possibly not playing. So if there's any good news, Chris, about this, it's the fact that it looks like TJ Hawkinson is going to play, and it looks like DeAndre Swift are going, is going to play. So that gives him at least a couple of weapons as blitz beaters. 
But again, it's not the ideal situation to go into Minnesota with a team that desperately needs a victory to save their head coach's job. And you're facing them without three-fifths of your offensive line. That's not a good thing. It feels like what we kind of faced in Chicago, although a worst-case scenario, right? I mean, a worse case than the Chicago game. But they were bouncing off of a terrible game. You knew the coach was on on his back foot. He was in trouble. And they came out and they played hard against a a weak and and broken Lions team and broke them and made them even weaker. Um, it, that very well could be the story again this week. It's I'm I'm extremely nervous about about that matchup. Okay, yeah, it's crazy, Chris, because it's the exact same scenario like you said against Chicago. Head coach on the hot seat, check team being criticized for the way they've played the first few weeks of the season, check, and a team that looks at the Lions and says, okay, if we can win this game, we can get back on track, check. And if I we mean, lose this game, we're probably yeah. on our out on our ear. Correct, because if you look at the NFC West and you look at the NFC South, the wildcard teams are going to come from those two divisions. And if you're the Vikings, you could be out of the playoff race by the middle of the season if you lose a game to the Lions and you keep those losses mounting. So to them, this is an absolute must-win game on Sunday to keep alive, keep their hopes alive in the playoff race in the NFC North. Well, the good news is is we have the precision blocking of DeAndre Swift to help Mm -hmm. us. he had some really tough. <laughs> he had some really tough snaps last week uh, against the Bears. I, I don't mean to pile on because I like I like Swifty a lot, but uh, he's questionable. Also, limited practice on Friday, um, and Jamal Williams limited practice on Friday and questionable. I think they'll both play. And look, you need Swaggy and Swift in there. You yeah. need those two guys running the ball because the best way to keep the Vikings from blitzing and putting pressure on Jared Goff is to have an effective running game. Again, they don't have to get five, six yards a chunk, but if they can be effective moving the ball, if they can make the Vikings respect their running game like the Cleveland Browns did last week, I think that is a recipe to keep the Lions in this game on Sunday against the Vikings. Yep, yep. All right, Uh, who else do we have? We have Brockers, who was full practice on Friday. Looks like he's Mm -hmm. in. Sewell, they have listed as questionable with limited practice. Hawkinson limited practice and questionable and Trey Flowers limited practice and questionable. What Trey, I don't play Flowers. <laughs> Are we going to see him this week? And I don't want to pile on the guy, but I mean availability is a key ability in the NFL and his sure. has been extremely low. I think Trey Flowers is going to play on Sunday. I think he needs to play on Sunday because there are questions about his durability and he understands his future with the Lions depends on him being able to get out on the field and show something. And look, if you're Trey Flowers, not only is this important for you to show something to the Lions, it's important for you to show stuff to the rest of the NFL yep. because there is a chance in this rebuild that next year Trey Flowers will be playing for another NFL team. So you've got to show them that you still have something in the tank. So to me, I think he's going to play on Sunday, and I think he's going to play a lot the rest of the year for the Lions. I sure hope so. I heard, I, I mean, and, and it's you know we're we're leaning on him to be there. He brings a, a good veteran presence. He brings yep. you know some. Uh, he's not a huge sack guy, but he is definitely a disruptor, and he can make space for for everybody else. Knowing Deshaun Hand is out, that's yep. that's so terrible. I mean, this I don't want to go too deep into this, but when you think about a team that's rebuilding with Hand and Okuda both, you had two key pieces of this. You know, young players that were cornerstone pieces that you didn't have to think about in the right. future with an Achilles injury. Man, I don't know that either one of them will ever be the same. And the reality is, if you're Brad Holmes you start thinking we have need at those positions now as well. And add Romeo Okora to that list as well, because that's, that's the guy who was the Lions' top 
sack guy. And that's why Trey Flowers coming back is important. Like you said, Flowers doesn't get a whole lot of sacks, but he can be disruptive, which is what Romeo Okora was. He was disruptive and got the sacks. You need Trey Flowers in there to help put pressure on Kirk Cousins, who quietly, Chris, statistically, is having a very good year, maybe his best year in the NFL. He just doesn't have much win, many wins to show for it, just one on the season. And thank you for the correction. I meant Okora. For some reason, hand was coming out of my my mouth. So I put my foot hand in my mouth, whatever <laughs> <laughs> I put hands, foot. I put a Quora's foot in hand in my mouth. I don't know. Nice anyway, <laughs> Got to figure it out now. Okay. Um, on the Minnesota side, we have Michael Pierce out defensive tackle. Everybody else was full practice other than um, yeah. Marset. I don't think that's going to be a big deal for them. He is out. But there's yep. one guy that is kind of a big deal who is questionable with limited practice on Friday. And that guy is their big, big running back, Dalvin Cook, the guy who has made the Lions' life tough the last couple of years. Ankle injury, didn't participate today in practice. He's questionable to play on Sunday. And look, they do have a good backup. Alexander Madison, their backup running back, is good. He's not Dalvin Cook, though. And here's the other thing, Chris. Dalvin Cook makes plays in the passing game for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings as well. So if he doesn't play on Sunday, you lose a weapon running the ball, but you also lose a weapon in your passing game. That means the Lions can put more pressure on Adam Thielen, and they can put more pressure on Justin Jefferson. They're two big wide receivers who make the plays down the field for Kirk Cousins. And you need Dalvin Cook running the ball well, again, effectively, just like with the Lions, you need him running the ball effectively so you can take the pressure off of the passing game. Exactly. Yep, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so that's our injuries. I in the uh, in the chat, we've got a good one. Yeah, hand doesn't matter. He hasn't touched a quarterback in three iPhones. Um, all right. <laughs> I like that time measurement. Good job, Wisco. It's it's nice how people can keep track of time by the iPhone. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of time, it's beta time for Battlefield. If you're looking, I'll be I'll be going hard on the beta this weekend. If you'd like to find someone to play with, namely me, hit me up on Twitter, just at me, and uh, we'll connect on Discord. I'm on PC, so uh, we'll connect on Discord. Love to play. I played a little bit last night, and I absolutely thought the game was awesome. Um, it's it's going to be a really, really fun game. I think it's going to be a great installment. I have not heard from my son yet. I texted him just before we started to see if he had the beta for Battlefield. So either A, he's playing, or B, he's got to charge his phone like he didn't do the <laughs> other day. And I kept like, are you at work? Are you at work? Are you at work? And he's like, oh, yeah, my phone wasn't charged. It's like, great. Okay. Thanks. Super. I'm so glad as a, as a parent I'm not alone. <laughs> And some of these frustrations, <laughs> this is just normal development. Chris, he's man. 24. You would think he'd know at 24 to charge your phone. <sighs> How do you Uber? That's why I have no hair. <laughs> yes, that is why. All right. <laughs> Scouting the matchups. We talked about the, the Vikings defense against the Lions offensive line. Mm-hmm. Our defensive line, it's, it's, it's imp- I want to say, our front seven, despite the injuries, is still an improvement this year over last yes, year. Yes, it is. And the offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings is good, not great. Do right. you think they can win the matchups this week against the Minnesota offensive line? Yeah, I do, because the Cleveland Browns did the exact same thing I think the Lions are going to do. The Browns were able to get pressure. And look, Browns have one of the better defensive lines in the NFL, Chris. But I think the Lions front seven can get pressure on Kirk Cousins, get him moving out of the pocket where he's less effective. And they did that last week with the Bears. There were times where they got Justin Fields out of the pocket, forced him outside, and forced him to make passes outside the pocket. 
here's the problem. He's Justin that. Fields was effective doing that. And he he looked like Ohio State Justin Fields on some of those plays. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to look like Michigan State Kirk Cousins if you get him out of the pocket. Yep, I agree 100%. Agree 100%. Uh, other matchups, what should we be looking for? I think our secondary is probably looking at, at getting torched. I know Jerry Jacobs yeah. is probably going to see some time. Um, I love Jerry, and, and Jerry is a, gen, a genuinely um, – I don't know if you, if you saw the uh, – uh, the interviews we did with him, he was kind of hard knocks. We talked to him before mm-hmm. cuts, and then he made the cuts. We celebrated with him after he he made the fifty three. <laughs> he's a guy. He's he's had a hard life. His mom died when he's eleven. He's 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 seen it all and done it all, and had been knocked down. He's pulled himself up, and he made it to an NFL roster. Right? Mm-hmm. Didn't expect him to, to 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 really see him play as almost a starter or or a backup. But here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. And it's a tough assignment because he's not he that secondary doesn't have one good receiver to worry about. They have two good receivers to worry about. Adam Thielen is very good. Yep. And we saw last year, Justin Jefferson just blossomed as a rookie and maybe even better this year. Yep. So that is a huge matchup. Can the Lions do something to slow Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson? Because let's be honest, you're not going to stop them completely. You're not going to stop both of them. You may stop one. You're not going to stop both. they've got to be able to at least slow both of those guys down and not let them get behind them and not let them make game deciding plays. That is the key. Now, does that mean doubling them up everywhere they go? Possibly. Does that mean cover two with bracket coverage? Possibly, probably. Do they play a deep two man zone? More than likely. But here's the thing, Chris, somebody's going to get free. And if you play doubling off those two receivers, that also means your running game could become more effective. And if it's not Dalvin Cook running the ball, who is effective, yep. it could be Alexander Madison. So to me, what they do against Thielen and Jefferson will determine the defensive game plan and the defensive philosophy against the Vikings. Absolutely. And, you know, so in the chat, we've got uh, Ryan. He, we should judge, mm-hmm. judge the season by small improvements, not wins and losses. That's just me. I'll tell you, this, you're absolutely right. And I talked about this on Wednesday's show, and I want to get your your your, your thoughts, um, mm-hmm. Tony. The... I started applying, you know, business guy. <laughs> I started thinking about economics and, and the economics of football. And you talk about how teams are built. It's through the draft and free agency, right? right. But the other piece that gets a lot, very little discussion is the growth of young talent, the development of talent on the team. The Lions have been thrust into a, a position that may actually be very, very beneficial beneficial in the long run for them. They sure. have a bunch of guys on the field that would never see this many snaps, would never get this kind of live fire exercise, would never get this kind of opportunity to develop against real NFL talent. We're going to see who we really have and who we can really develop. It, develop. At the same time, we've got coaches who are absolutely the right fit to develop yep. that kind of talent. We think of Matt Patricia, we think of, think of Paul Pasqualoni. Those are not guys that we're going to develop people. They put Adrian Peterson in front of DeAndre Swift so Swift wouldn't get the opportunity to develop because he wouldn't get all those carries, wouldn't get into a groove in the game, all that kind of stuff. Um, as former players, these guys know what development looks like. They know how they've mm-hmm. developed over their careers, and they can help these guys to get better. As hard and tough as this year is going to be for fans, Lions fans to watch. This, I think, is actually a comparative advantage in the long run because everybody has the draft, everybody has free agency, but everybody doesn't have the opportunity to develop as many players as we're going to be working on and developing this year. We may wind up with a lot of good, cheap talent out of this. Absolutely. And here's the flip side of that too, Chris. 
not only do you get to see the young players develop, but you can also get to see which young players aren't developing and which players you can cut loose. Yep. And that gives you an opportunity to fill some roster holes next year with the players that you're going to let go. And I agree with you 100%. There are young players being pushed into positions right now that it, it, at the beginning of the year, you thought there's no chance he's going to play because he's behind it? somebody else. Now you're getting a good look at who can play and who can't play. And I think that's huge for the development of this team. Now, here's the issue. Will fans be supportive of this if we're talking about 0-9, 0-10, 0-11? Will the fans still understand that, or will the fans get upset about that because the team isn't winning? I think, and this is, this is going to be, there's a large set of fans that come around during football season. Mm-hmm. When football season isn't on, if they hear Lions news, they hear Lions stuff, hey, cool. Otherwise, they, they, do, they, they live their life, right? Nobody, and, and I'm not right. saying anybody should live their life and base their life on football. Unfortunately, a lot of mine is, but <laughs> and I picked the lines, uh, but they, you know, they go and do their thing. So they come in, they see the team stinking, and then they just go into the same old lions and that rant yes. and that anger. And it's on the radio and they're paying attention to it because it's not baseball season and something else. Right. So wherever they mm-hmm. go, they're seeing the news about the lions and they get angry and it's, it's hard. I don't say artificially angry. They're probably really frustrated and angry because their team isn't there, but they're not that kind of all the time kind of fan. I think the all the time fan, the people that have been there through the off season, the people that have been that watched the game on Sunday to the end, those kind of people, I don't think you're going to shake them after zero and ten. The people that you do shake out at zero and ten or zero and eleven will be back in September of next year watching again to see Maybe. how things have changed. I really believe that's going to happen. And the ones that aren't, you'll resupply from the youth. If there's anything that I th- I've come to to recognize is. It, it, there's there's a constant supply of new people to come in and be fans and parents that abuse their children by turning them into Lions fans. But, <laughs> hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> me too, me too. But the reality is, if if we kind of look back over since 1958, mm-hmm. <laughs> at, this team still has fans. It has a lot of yeah, fans right. since 91. It's not lacking fans or passion in the fan base. No. Um, there, th- those people will be replaced and they'll be back. So I think it's going to be tough. I think those kind of, you know... Um, Season fans will probably mm-hmm. go and probably be angry and probably be vocal, but I don't think that the the general Gestalt people that really pay attention to the team are going to be shaken on it. Chris, if there's one fan base in the NFL that deserves a Super Bowl run, if not a Super Bowl win, it's Detroit Lions fans yeah. because Detroit Lions fans have been through so much. And don't give me the Cleveland Browns fans, you know, mistake by the lake and all that. And look, Buffalo Bills fans. I love you guys. I grew up in Buffalo, so I grew up a Bills fan. But the Buffalo Bills went to four straight Super Bowls, and they have a team this year that is a Super Bowl contender. I don't want to hear from Houston Texans fans. I don't want to hear from New York Giants fans because you had your run. I don't want to hear from Cardinals fans. Lions fans have been through hell and high water to get to this point. So to me, the fans deserve a Super Bowl run. That being said, these are the diehard fans that I'm talking about. The fans that you're talking about, the guys who will complain at 0-10 and 0-11, and if the Lions get there, those are the fans who are the loudest, though. Those are the yeah, fans are. that people seem to find. Those are the fans who get put on television. Those are the fans who get talked about on the ESPN pregame show or the Fox pregame show or the CBS pregame show. Those are the fans that seem to be found. And as a media person, it's our job to make sure we talk to the real fans, not the loudest fans. Do you remember Jay, 
um, Johnny Morton showing up on yeah. the Jay Leno show back in the day yeah. after oh, yeah. all the jokes, the national jokes yep. against lines. Nothing's changed, folks. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> changed in that regard. So there you go. Um, I got to hit Flounder really quick. He just recorded his Pies for Kids video. Awesome. Okay. I can't wait. Hashtag Pies, number four kids. And uh, we'll get that up there. We'll play it on the next show. Maybe even Sunday, Flounder. Thanks for the super chat, man. Really excited to see you take that pie. All right. Um, let's talk about odds. We'll move on to the odds, the game, the betting lines, and so on. Brought to you by Amazon, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Tony hates people. He said it millions of times. He says it all the time on Rafi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really hate people. Thank you. Go with it, Tony. Go with it. We're reading a commercial. I hate people. <laughs> so he doesn't want to go shopping. He doesn't want to go see him. He also has heard that the supply chain is in a shambles and things are going yes, to be really is. hard to get at Christmas. So he's going to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.Now, stocking up not just on his his Halloween costumes, not just on his 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 dehydrated potatoes for Thanksgiving. He's getting his Christmas gifts. He's getting all his he's getting all his New Year's supplies. He's getting everything he needs to make it through the long hard winter ahead from amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Right, Tony? That's correct. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Let's got the odds. We've got Vegas here telling us that the and I would tell you who get, I got these odds from, but they didn't okay. pay me for the spots we did for them. Got gotcha. you. They signed a, 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 a an insertion order and never came up with the money to pay for all the work we did. Wow. Uh, I won't name them. Okay. Because they got better lawyers than I'll ever have. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't pay. <laughs> the spread. The Vikings are minus ten. Minus ten favorites. You, you know what, Chris? That spread has grown because when it opened up initially, it was the Vikings at seven and a half. So since the injuries have popped up and everything else with the Lions, it's gone from seven and a half to eight and a half to ten. Yes. So that tells you right there the smart money's coming in on Minnesota. Ooh, so still. I would again stay away. Yep. Still it's still there at minus ten. Um let me check my other numbers here. Uh yep, okay. Oh, Whoa, okay, that's bigger. That's okay, that's changed. Okay, up to date, most up to date, real live lines here. You know, that's how we do mm -hmm. it. Okay, so you go to the money line. Mm -hmm. The Lions are plus 350. When I did this just a few hours ago, it was 330. Okay. And the pack, the Vikings <laughs> are minus 475. They are minus 450 just two or three hours ago. See, minus 450, I'd have taken the Vikings. Minus 475, nah, I can't do that either. I, I no. 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 But more minus 450, I'd have done it. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'd have done that it. Pushes you over. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's just tough. It's, it's not enough churn for the burn. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. Over under, where do you think the over under is at, Tio? You know what? Considering how the Lions make those late charges in these games, I'm going to go with 51. You're so good. You are the Oracle. I, I am not kidding. Thank you. 49 and a half. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. You're only off. You know what? That one, I'm going over. That's the one I feel most comfortable with this week. I would go over. Yeah. If you're going to put your money on it, do the over. Yep. Um, that's that's T.O. the Greek, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he plays. He wears many hats. Thank you. It'll be the Fez in just a few minutes. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Take the over 49 and a half. Uh, that's your odds. And let's get into the Fanatics' final outcome prediction. Here we are. Uh, T.O., we got the Vikings at Usbank Stadium. 
What is your final prediction? I picked the Lions last week to beat the Bears. Yeah, me too. Lesson learned. Um, I just think the Vikings have too many weapons, even if Dalvin Cook doesn't play and Madison's the running back. They still have Adam Thielen. They still have Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is is statistically having a very, very, very good season. And I just think they are the better team. Defensively, they get Anthony Barr back at linebacker. That'll help them out. They can put pressure on the quarterback. I hate their secondary. The Vikings secondary is a weak link. But I don't know if the Lions have the receivers, Chris, to expose that secondary. 31-21 Vikings, although I think the Lions put up some points late to get to 21. Okay, there you go. Um, interesting. I've got a prediction. It's it's similar but not the same. Um, I see the Vikings scoring more and the and the Lions scoring less. While they have a weak secondary, that line is going to have Jared Goff running like happy feet galore. Uh, is going to be happy feet parts one, two, and three all in one movie. I <laughs> see the Vikings thirty-five to the Lions seventeen. I just don't think we're going to be able to move the ball through the air like we think we can. So there you go. Here's the thing: if they're going to have extra protection in there with the three offensive linemen out, if if um, Penay Sewell doesn't play, there's a good chance that Darren Fells and T.J. Hawkinson might have to stay in and not go in the patterns and help chip blockers and help with the offensive line. So that reduces the number of weapons that Jared Goff could have out there on a play. So that's a, that's everything is lining up for the Lions to go into Minnesota and get spanked. And yet, yet, I'll leave the yet there. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I'm I've we've seen them bring in an extra lineman as a tight end to help mm-hmm. block and give help. I, I have I picture them doing that, maybe splitting Hawkinson out. Um, to try to get some somebody out there to receive the ball who's bigger than five eight and and has you know can, can give them something a quick uh, a quick kind of outlet. Um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they they cover for this this injured line. I agree. It's gonna be don't sleep on Khalif Raymond. By the way, he has played well the last couple of weeks, especially last week in Chicago. He might be the one guy that could at least help open up the running game for the Lions if if they're able to get him free against that Viking secondary. He could make some big plays for this team. I wish he was exactly the same speed, but four inches taller. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all. I, I I like him. I think he has he has a lot of potential. He's just a little a little small. So I agree. Know. But I like like you said, I like the potential. I like what the way he's played the last couple of weeks for the Lions. Absolutely. All right. Again, if you're looking for Battlefield, tweet at me at Twitter, DET Lions Podcast. We'll find you this weekend. We'll get together. We're going to play the beta. Have a good time. Uh, To all hours of the night, I'll have you know, with all manners of um, alcohol. And Update from my son. He does not have the beta. Sorry. Oh, well, if he does, I'll give you my, I'll give you my, 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 my name and we can, uh, I'm happy to play with him because it's, it is an absolute riot. It's free. It's free for the rest of the weekend, so it's definitely worth it. Okay, post-game show with Sandman this week. We'll see you Sunday after the show or after the game. All right. Don't forget about Lions Nation Unite, lionsnationunite.com. Great place to go. Great community of fans. And also your Detroit Lions podcast merch and retro Detroit tees all hanging out at detroitlionspodcast.com slash store. Don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash detroitlionspodcast, patreon.com slash detroitlionspodcast. Get access to the Slack the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. One of the guys, Big Bad Fab, big congratulations to Big Bad Fab in the Slack, just had a baby. Oh, a cool. Baby. Congratulations, good Big stuff. Bad Fab. Yeah, it's a good, good community in there. Good people. All right, so make that sure makes him little, little fab. Oh, Flounder. 
Thank you. Did you hear the kids? Uh-huh. <laughs> $50 from Flounder at stjude.org slash DLP. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate it, man. You're, well you're done, Flounder. Guy. He's a good guy. He's he's very, very generous. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and AJ Ortiz 3. I got that right. AJ Ortiz 3. Yes, you did. One of the most intelligent follows on Twitter. He's not going to get in an argument with you. You just can't get them to. Uh, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us at the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in all of your MP3 boxes automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, T.O., as always. I love doing this with you, man. You're the, you're the you got absolute it, Chris. best. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, except for T.O. and I. We're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bags, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.